Hey everybody, welcome to the No Pants Required Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Mann, and today I am wearing sweatpants. It's cold, it's rainy, I'm not getting dressed any further. This is it. My guest today is Michael Mackey. Michael Mackey was born in Des Moines, Iowa sometime in the 1970s. No, he did not grow up on or near a farm, and to date he's never worn overalls, but is quite sure he'd look amazing in them. He has worked and freelanced for a variety of local television affiliates in Des Moines, Orlando, and Kansas City. In case you were wondering, he's in Aries with a Pisces rising. Over the years, Mackey has won a slew of regional Emmy Awards and interviewed countless celebs. And finally, Michael Mackey admits he's never seen The Wizard of Oz despite living in Kansas for the last 20 years. Michael would prefer you do not judge him accordingly. All right, y'all. I have a treat right. for you today. I treat. got Michael. I got Michael Mackey. Michael, you were my first dude on here dude. on my podcast. That's a lot of pressure. I know. You should not have told me that. That should not have been in your opening salvos. <laughs> so, okay. So here's the deal, you guys. So I met Michael years ago. I had to do this TV thing here in Kansas City, and Michael was a co-host. And I was so excited to talk to him because I love him because I think he has like so much fun and energy. And when I got there, he was exactly like I expected. And then they were like, okay, well, you're not going on with Michael. And I was like, uh, what? And I had to go on with somebody else. And I was so disappointed. So before we started this, I was like, hey, if I, you know, you're used to interviewing people. So if I forget a question, like tell me what to say. So you're saying I should not have started with that pressure. That's what you're telling me. Well, you shouldn't have started with that blanket statement. Like you're the first. And, and how do you feel about that? And how do you feel about that? So, no, I feel pretty good. I'm very excited. We talked about this off air that I was just geeked up this morning. So I tried, I switched to decaf for you in in everyone's prudent best interest. So. <laughs> oh, man, I, I kind of would like to see you fully loaded. I'm kind of disappointed. No, <laughs> no, you do not. <laughs> well, I guess to me, the way I see it is, you know, my husband did tell me, he's like, you're kind of are like, you're kind of like attacking your guests a little bit. And I was like, I don't mean to. I just... I'm just excited to have you here and I didn't mean to attack you. I think what it is is that I think if anybody has followed me for a long time, you know that like I don't really care to promote dudes. And so when I actually like like one, I'm like, oh my God, I really like you. Come on to my show. I want to talk to you. Aww. So you were my first. I, when I was putting together my list of who I wanted to talk to, who I thought would be fun, you were at the top of my list. Oh, that you know what? That warms the cockles of my cockle. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's our first cockle on the show. Well, actually, that's not true. I had a woman on a few weeks ago. She keeps a tiny squishy penis on her desk. That's like her, I don't know if it's for anxiety or, pre- I can't remember now, but so well, you're the I second. Well, if I had a nickel for every squishy penis I kept on my desk, I'd have like $74. <laughs> You'd so. be so rich by now. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So I, I have all my guests fill out this questionnaire and you filled it out. But I really think, I mean, it's hilarious, but it really doesn't tell me, it it doesn't tell me who you are. Tell us why you're here, Michael. Who are you? Why? Who how did you get you? to this? If I was a tree, what kind of tree would I be? Well, let's see. Well, when I got, I went to college and I got my degree in broadcasting I with a minor in French and theater. And so I always thought in the back of my mind that I was destined to work on a television sitcom in Quebec. That's really, I really, <laughs> that was that was always my lifelong dream. Uh, not really. Uh, but, oui, then, oui. <laughs> but then life always goes a different way. And for some reason, I ended up behind the scenes in my, in a powerhouse TV station in Des Moines, Iowa, my hometown. So this is a TV station that I had grown up watching, KCCI, for 100 years. And I was like, I have literally revered all these people for so long. And it was at that TV station that I realized that people who are on TV are the exact same as you and me. So that was very odd to me because everybody puts their pants on, or, or, or in our case, no pants, because we're not wearing no pants. pants. That's no right. pants. That's right. And so I just sort of fell into TV. I always knew that somehow I wanted to be working in TV, whether that's in TV, on TV, or just watching TV. That's really all I... That's really... <laughs> all I wanted out of life. And so I've checked all those boxes. And then somewhere along the way, I just realized I could write and write and write and write. And my parents could never 
their mind was blown. They wanted me to be a doctor because, of course, that's what all parents want. But my parents could not believe that I could make a living stringing words together because they were both very analytical. My dad was an engineer. My mom was an accountant. You know, it was so the creative gene, I thought, you know, went out the window. No, no. I, maybe I'm the mailman's kid. I should have asked. As I was going to say, where did anyway. you get that from? Do you got a creative great grandfather back there in the past somewhere? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe it just skips a generation and then I got it. So who knows? Yeah. But uh, I, my parents were always super supportive and they always gave me sort of pretty much carte blanche to do literally whatever I wanted. And so <laughs> that's what I did. And I have boom, fallen on my face more times than I care to admit. But you know what? You get knocked down but you get up again, which is better than getting knocked up, but getting down again. So that's my right, right, right. right yeah, that right. is better. I've I've done both, and uh, <laughs> getting knocked down is definitely easier to get up from. It's a quicker yeah. recovery, that's for sure. <laughs> that's ma'am, Pam, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so when I met you, you were on. You were here in Kansas City on the news on on like on a morning show. I was. I hosted for a couple of years. I hosted a show called Kansas City Live. It was kind of like a uh, Regis and Kathy Lee sort of, but local, very low, had a very local and hyper local spin to it. And I'll tell you this much. I had probably interviewed for a hundred different things in my illustrious career. And up until Kansas city live, I was O for 100. I had never gotten cast in a single thing. Not one, not one. I can't believe that. Mm -mm. I would go to commercial casting, movie casting, porn. It didn't matter. I just, I would not, I never got cast. And then this. Your face is too pretty for porn. (laughs) (laughs) The TV station called and said, hey, would you audition for this show? And I was like, sure. And then I went in, my God, woman, I got it. And I was like. You like me. You really like me. Well, I was going to say, they would have been stupid not to because that was the only reason why everybody watched that show. Was too much. Well, it was hilarious on there. You had so much fun because that's the thing. Like, I feel like so many times, like, it's very buttoned up. Like, because, you know, I've done enough of those shows where they're just like, so you wrote a book. People, I want to punch in the throat. That sounds kind of violent. (laughs) You know? Like, you are more fun than that. And I I think when you're being interviewed, you always want to have someone who's more fun. Well, grow. I, I really cut my teeth as an entertainment reporter before I ever got that show. And so I'd interviewed hundreds of celebrities. And so that was just, that, that just sort of came naturally to me. And so when they brought in the parade, and there was a parade of celebs who were in town for, I don't, whatever. Local dinner theater. Whatever rando reason. It was, hey, I remember Bo- one night I met, uh, one day when I was in there, I met... Uh, Shirley from Laverne and Shirley. I can't think of I was just going to say Sydney Williams. That's where I was going. Yes, that was. Yes. She's always here, I feel like, for dinner theater. And we're always on the same circuit. She she comes for dinner th- theater when I put out a book. <laughs> so. She's never not here. And fun fact, literally my last big interview with the magazine was with Cindy Williams because she came from was Planet it really? And I said, I need you to know this one nugget of information. I have only interviewed two celebrities twice in my entire life. And she was like, really? Who? And I was like, you and Jane Fonda. And she was like, that's good company. So, <laughs> so yeah, I just, I just, it, that's so rando because I just interviewed Cindy Williams like a month and a half ago. She's oh, lovely. Wow. Yeah. No, she was always very friendly in the green room because you can't get away. It's a very small green room. So very small green <laughs> you, room. You, can't do, you can't pull a diva moment. There were a lot of times, though, I think the first time I met her and I kept calling her Shirley, she, that's when she excused herself to use the restroom. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, she's like, I just need to touch up my makeup before I go on. I was like, oh, okay, Listen, Shirley. So I'm going to arbitrarily walk out of this room for no reason and you may or may not see me again. Deuces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've done that once. Take, I've done care. Take care. I'll see you next year when I'm Good back talk. again. Good talk. Well, and I think that was the part too. Like I would always see her and I'd be like, hey, it's me again. Remember like we met like last year when you were here doing, you know, who's coming to dinner or whatever. She's just like, sure. Um, Hi, how are you? (laughs) And she's very like, hi, yes. Mm. 
Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there's no there's no zaniness there, which I kind of thought there'd be some zaniness after watching that show forever. And I felt I- like as a girl growing up in the 70s, I was like, you inspired us. Like, we wanted to live in a basement apartment and have weird friends. Like, you know? <laughs> so she didn't get it. She didn't understand it. I'm going to so. need a, just a monicum of jocularity, Shirley, just a little bit. <laughs> Oddly, in that same time during when I was doing Planet Comic Con, I also interviewed random and odd Lou Ferrigno from The Incredible the Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. And he just got a cochlear ear implant. So, you know, so he was working on just speech, his speech patterns and his, and his presentation, his articulation. So it was good to, because, you know, he was, he was an an entity, a force to be reckoned with back in the seventies. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah. That's very cool. So do you work the Comic-Con? I always want to go to the Comic-Con and I have never been. Is it fun? It is. And I only discovered it within like the last three or four years because, you know, they'd be like, hey, who do you want to interview? And I, of course, would always grab because I'm a product of the 80s, as you as are you. I would always Mm -hmm. gravitate towards the 70s and 80s. You know, I don't they'd be like, well, we have one random member of Full House. And I'm like, "Mm, mm -mm, (laughs) never, never watched it. Don't. Super good. (laughs) Got to wash my cat that day. (laughs) And if you get me David Hasselhoff. I'm in. I'm in. Did he bring the car? (laughs) The only, okay, this is funny. The only time that I've ever, ever freaked out in an interview. And I mean, I fully melted down in front of this person was when I interviewed Lindsay Wagner, the bionic woman. Oh, yeah. Because I was... I was the quintessential Bionic Woman fan. Like every Wednesday night, I the time stopped. Nobody bothered me. I was watching yeah. that. So when she got when I got a chance to interview her, she, you know, very I'm Lindsay Wagner, I'm very calm. And she said, Michael, it's so nice to meet you. And I swear to God, at that instant, my tongue swelled to like 50 times its normal size. And you literally hear me go, and man. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought I might have had a stroke, but I'm not sure. Anyway, we ended up doing, because Lindsay's very woo-woo, she and I ended up doing some breathing exercises before we went live. And so I was not at DEF CON 1, but I was like at like DEF CON like maybe like 2, 2.25, somewhere in there. So Yeah. Okay. Well, the woo-woo thing, that's interesting because in your questionnaire, you said that you're in Aries with a Pisces rising. And mm-hmm. that you had your astrological chart done. So I just had my astrological chart done. I'm an Aries with a rising Scorpio. And I think that's why we oh. like each other so much. You're on the other We have end. fire and water too. Right. But, but bonus, you get all the good qualities of both signs. And Aries with a Pisces rising, because I'm right on the cusp, I get all the bad qualities of oh. each of the signs. So I'm like, you know, I might be I might be incredibly loyal, but I'm also wildly narcissistic. Like it's like you are <laughs> like like you are incredibly loyal and then there's something good attached to that. Whereas I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. I think anybody who would I think people who know me would say I'm also narcissistic. So. Oh, okay, bonus. <laughs> I mean, it was like, you know, before, you know, I think you have to be if you know, I think to be a writer, you have to be a little narcissistic. You have mm-hmm. to like, and then to write memoirs, and then to write multiple memoirs, <laughs> you, you have to do that. Like, you know, or to think that like, oh, I'm going to go talk to this celebrity because this celebrity is going to want to talk to me. Like, this is ex- this is exciting for them today. Like, I think you kind of have to psych yourself up like that. And it takes a little narcissism. So I, I'll a, own it. I'm okay with that. I had a boss. I had a boss once who said, you know, you really, truly have a delusional sense of self. And I was like, I know, right? <laughs> was there a question, sir? Yeah. <laughs> Enough I about me. Somewhere. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? Yeah. So that's <laughs> how it Exactly. I mean, that's, you know, I think that's the thing. Like, I love it when people like you'll have, you'll see those memes on the internet where they'll say like, what's something you could get up and talk to a group of people for 30 minutes about? And I'm like, "Mm, myself, (laughs) myself, me, myself and I. And I just yesterday, because I'm interviewing for jobs and I'm interviewing, I'm just starting to this, the 
to snoop around for gainful employment. And I had four interviews yesterday. Four. And again, my favorite topic, like yourself, my favorite topic is me. But after four interviews yesterday, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to need a nap. So did they ask you like, what's your greatest weakness? Did they ask you, like, I haven't interviewed for a job in so long because I'm self-employed and no one would ever hire me again. So I have to stay self-employed. But I remember it was always like, what's your greatest weakness? And you have to be like, I like to work a lot. Like, you know, like I can't leave my work at the office. Do they ask you those kinds of work, questions work, anymore? Work, work, work. Um, yeah. I never got a, I never got a let's try and negate ourselves question. Maybe I, maybe I was just lucky. I don't know. I never, mm. the interviews all went swimmingly. I Are these all for, can you talk about them? Are these for like writing gigs or these TV gigs? Like what's the it deal? Was, it was a little bit of everything. I, I, and uh, you know, I'm, I've been gainfully employed now, gainfully unemployed now for like about a week. So I'm just starting a to- A whole long up, week. <laughs> a whole long week. And I'm just starting to come up for air a little bit. And, uh, you know, I changed my LinkedIn profile and that, of course, opened the floodgates. And now it's like manna from heaven raining down. I don't know what I want to do. I've only like, by the time this airs, it'll probably be, you know, I'll probably be three weeks out and be like, please hire me. <laughs> but for now, I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a break and freelance and do my jam and do my thing. I heard, I heard podcasting is cool. You should try podcasting. <laughs> I, I've heard that, and I've only done one podcast in my entire life, other than yours, and it never went anywhere. So, I'm excited for this to be launched. No, out. now there's no pressure on me. <laughs> yeah, don't screw this up, Jen. Man, don't screw this up for me. It's going to go out. I want it to go out into the ether, and I want your fans to become my fans, and my fans to become. I want. I want kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya, symbiosis, all that good stuff. We yes. we can just. So okay, so I'm going to ask you the worst. So I wrote a book a few years ago about all the horrible jobs that they had, and the worst. One of the things I wrote about was the worst question that I was asked in an interview. So I'm going to ask you. So if you're a potential employer out there who's looking to hire Michael Mackey. You're welcome. I'm going to ask him this question and you can decide if he's a good fit for your team. So the question is, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go now. (laughs) Don't overthink it. Don't try to guess what I'm angling for. Just whatever the first animal that popped into your mind is the animal you should choose. Roadrunner. Oh, and why would you say roadrunner? Because I am unstoppable because I am always on the go a hundred percent. I am like, it doesn't, I don't go from zero to a hundred. I go from like 100 to like infinity. Let's see. And I always seem to not, I never seem to get killed by an anvil falling from the sky. So hasn't happened yet. I always land on my feet or my, what what do you call those? My Bird your talons or my claws. Bird yeah, your so bird feet. My bird feet. So yeah, that's you asked the very first thing that popped into my head, and the roadrunner. Roadrunner. Beep beep. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, there you go, everybody. And see, to me, that means like you you work fast. You are funny because the roadrunner was a very funny show, and it was always funny when he did not get killed by the anvil. And you know, you're again. A, a person of a certain age, <laughs> all, all the all the millennials who are hiring out there right now, they're like Roadrunner. Roadrunner, what's that? And they were like, person of a certain age, Jen. I have had so much work done; it's not even funny. But we don't. We're not going to talk about that. But suffice to say that, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm. I'll guarantee that I'm. I'll guarantee I'm older than you. Hmm. I. Okay. No. Okay. Here we go. I know, but- uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, were you born before 1975? Yes. Were you born before 1970? D- you don't ask a girl her age. Rude. <laughs> All right. So I'm 49. 1972. I'm older. You're older? Would- yeah. Oh, interesting. I need your doctor's name then because you look amazing. Thank you. But again, this is, I don't just roll out of bed looking this good. This was spackle and putty. This is the first time I put my face on since the pandemic. So yeah. so can we talk about that? Because I don't know many men who put a face on. Can you tell me what goes into putting on a man's face? Like my uh, husband, I wish he'd put a little face on. He just cold tap water and he's good to go and he looks like it. He looks oh. every bit his age. 
No. Okay. Now this is how vain and shallow and narcissistic going back to the Aries thing. Like Mm -hmm. when you were like, Hey, do you want to do this podcast with me? Like I scheduled on the off chance that this would somehow be, you would see my visage and not just hear my voice. I like went and got Botox last week because I was kind of, I looked like a Sharpay puppy before. Yeah. (laughs) This week alone, I've had a facial, I've had dermaplane. I've like all the things I went and got, okay, girl, Look, I went. Girl, got a, what? I went, I went and got a spray tan for you. Okay, you did not. I didn't, didn't even get my roots touched up. I'm sorry. Listen, you could see normally. You can see my inner organs if you look close enough. Like when I'm at a pool, people are like, "Is that your spleen? Like, what's happening?" Because I'm translucent. But I this too. makes me yeah. look. A, a little spray tan makes me look alive. So, well, well, see, you know, that's funny you say that because when I was a teenager, I'm, I am also translucent. And like when I put my legs out in the at the beginning and even the end of the summer, I still blind people. It's a lot. And I remember when I was in college, my I would work in the summer times. I'd work for my dad. My dad has his own company and he would have me do, you know, receptionist stuff and go get my car washed. And then finally, like one day he was like, you must lay out in the sun one hour every day. He's like, because my God, you are so pale. He's like, and he's like, no man will marry you because you're so pale. <laughs> and, and then I had a, and then I had a, a teacher when I was in high school who I think when I look back now, it was probably kind of creepy what he told me, but he told me that I was born in the wrong era, that I would have been, I would have been a beautiful woman in the late 1800s. In the Victorian like, era. Yeah. He's like, you're buxom, you're pale. And I was like, thank you. You were like, please stop talking. Yes. <laughs> no, they would call me because I'm, you know, I'm, hundred, I'm 100% Scottish because if it's not from Scotland, it's crap. Um, and so I already have that ginger thing going on. So mm-hmm. they would always call me Casper growing oh. up because I was so opaque. Yeah. Oh, so now you do the spray tan, you do the Botox. I just did the, it for, I just did it for you. Let's, just let's, for me? Let's, oh. Let's just call it. You know what? So my daughter, she's 14 and she's having terrible migraines. And so we took her to a neurologist and the, neuro- and the neurologist told us that Botox would work for her headaches. And then he goes, and the poor man, he's got a very dry sense of humor. And, you know, and you're talking to him through a mask and everything. But he's like, well, and then, of course, he's like, well, also, like, it'll help with your crow's feet. And she did not think that was funny at all. But I was like, you don't. At a four, just, as a 14-year-old. Yeah. And I was like, it's okay. I'm like, he's just trying to make you laugh because you are in pain. So stop, <laughs> you know. But she was like, will you be jealous, mom, if I get Botox and you don't? And I'm like, I'll be really jealous because yours will be covered by insurance. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Mine, mine, however, was not. No, I think yeah. the most, I've had a little nip and tuck here, nothing major, but um, I think the most violent thing I ever did is there was this brand new, heavy, like really super duper chemical peel and they wanted me to try it and write about it. And I said, you know me, I'll do anything if it's free. Fine, I'll mm-hmm. do it. And they basically said, you know what, you, here's what's going to happen in it. Your face is going to fall off of your face and then it's going to grow back and then you'll be like the new Jan Brady. And I said, okay, you know, (laughs) it was, I've never seen anything like it. Do you remember in sex in the city when Samantha goes to get a light chemical peel? (laughs) That is exactly the vision I had. (laughs) And she has to wear the veil and Carrie's like, what are you a beekeeper? And yeah, that was me. Like I didn't leave the house because my face had somehow turned into hamburger meat. But then when it did grow back, like a month Like a baby's bottom. I know. So. Would you do it again though? No. Okay. Okay. He's nodding yes. (laughs) I absolutely would. Because I'm, you know, you never know. I, But I feel like I got right. I feel like it like got under my skin literally down to like literally. the bone. You know how it like goes Damn. under the first epidermal layer? Well, this like, I don't know. So I, I know are you layers. worried about things like going wrong though? So like, so my, so as I'm aging, my eyebrows are disappearing. Like I have no more eyebrows like at all. Like I keep going and getting them dyed and, you know, and I keep looking at the, was it like microblading where you can have them? Uh-huh. But then every time I – like I'll have one friend who will do it and her eyebrows will look amazing. And then I'll think like, okay, I'm ready to do it. And then I'll Google and it's always like people who have like fucked up eyebrows forever. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, never mind. I'll just leave – I'll just live with my little bad eyebrows. Like do you ever worry that things are going to go wrong or is it just me? 
Yeah, I guess I I guess I do, but up until now, I guess I've never really Okay, can you keep a secret? I'm about to share something with you. I actually talked to a plastic surgeon yesterday. About about well, he he reached out and wanted to know if there was any chance that we could sort of collaborate, you know, I would write articles for him and blog posts and other things and and he was like, and we can, you know, work out some trade. And I was like, what are you saying? So you never <laughs> know. I might, I might, those jowls well, might be gone before you know it. So in that, okay, so that same book that I wrote with all the bad jobs I had, I interviewed with a plastic surgeon back when I, but I was like 23 in those days. Not that I've, look, let's face it, you know, unless it's 1880s, I've never been a beauty, right? We got that. But like, I mean, I was fine, you know? <laughs> So I you went up to the leper, interview. Is what you're saying? I was, <laughs> That's I was, what I'm trying to say. Like I didn't look like this, but I also didn't look terrible, right? And and he was like telling me I felt so self conscious because he was like I've always known my nose is always like a thing for me. Like I've always like I've broken it several times, so my nose is always something that plastic surgeons are always sort of zeroed in on my nose. They're like, hmm, have you thought about rhinoplasty? <laughs> you know? But he was like, so he starts with the nose. I'm like, yeah, I know the nose. He's like, but then of course we'd have to fix the chin because then you just notice the chin once the nose is fixed. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, what? And so that always makes me feel, you know, I'm narcissistic, but maybe, maybe that's my good thing is that it's not about my looks. It's all ego about like me and like what I can do for you or something. I don't know, but I'm always afraid. Don't change a thing for anybody else but you. That's been my motto. I've always there done stuff is. that I've done. St- I've o- I've only done stuff that would like enhance how I felt about myself. So right. And do so. you feel pressure because you're on TV? No. No. Okay. Good. So it's just but really I about. On, I haven't been on TV for a hot minute, but we'll see. I mean, I might dip my toe back in that TV water. So who knows? Well, the, the, world what- is my, the world is my oyster. It really is. Well, and I feel like the way technology is now, like you could just start your own web show. Mm-hmm. I could. You I could do, do anything. anything. I just, you could do anything you want. I, I'm just, I'm in hurry up and wait mode because I just, mama needs a break and I'm just going to take a little, I, mean, I hit right. the reset button. Beep boop. Well, I think this is the thing. Like you, yeah, you can look at this that like, I mean, I know this wasn't kind of what you had anticipated was to be unemployed at this point, but you are, and you can look at it that this is, this is a chance for you to pivot. I can't tell you how many times like it has been the crises in my life that have opened up better paths for me, you know, to go Wait, down. Can you embroider that on a pillow for me? The crises in my life. I'll just, I'll sleep on that pillow because. Please do. I mean, cause literally like, you know, I just, I go through this, I go through all my existential crises and then I'll write about it. And then someone's like, you should make a book about that. And I'm like, I fucking should. All right. So you should write a book. You should write a crazy, like, can you write a tell all book or do you have to sign NDAs and stuff? Oh, I bet you I could just, I could literally do a book just about the wackadoo celebs that I've interviewed, the good, the bad, and the, oh my God. And I have the receipts. I mean, like, it's not like I, I have the, I have the actual tapes or, you know, recordings, to yeah. back up what I was saying. So I think my, I think the one that will live in infamy, the one that always gets played at the worst, most inopportune time. I did an interview once a hundred years ago. We're talking like 2001 with Tommy Lee Jones, who is an infamously curmudgeon interview if he's not in the moment. If, if, it, like it could go one way or the other. And I was his first interview of the day, bless and everyone's like, oh, Mackie's got it. The first interview of the day, he's so screwed. Da, da, da. And I'd never interviewed Tommy Lee Jones before. I don't, whatever. And so we sat down and they were still setting up the lights and doing all the things and put on the makeup. And so I just said, hey, I have a funny story. I told my dad who I was interviewing today and he goes, the drummer from Motley Crue? And I go, no, no, dad, not, not, not Tommy Lee the drummer, Tommy Lee Jones, the Academy Award winning actor. And like, literally Tommy Lee Jones goes like this. He goes, Oh yeah, that's funny. You know? And (laughs) I felt like a sense of like camaraderie of like, we're in this together. And then they were like three, two, one. And then they, I felt the, the audio guy tap me on the shoulder. Oh my God. Tommy Lee Jones went blank. Like, Shut down like you like Pac-Man after he gets caught by one of the ghosts. He went, you, 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 walk, walk. And 
it was it was bad. I had a four minute interview with this man, and he said nine words. <laughs> well, wait, no, no, wait. Then if you count, uh huh, as like as like one. And I remember there were times when, uh, and I was half joking, but they would always cut back to me because I would ask a question. And then he'd be like, great. Or just like, you know, a flat pat answer. And then mm. the camera would cut back to me and you'd see me go like this. <laughs> and I would lean into the camera. Do you have anything Like else? a crazy person <laughs> for 20 seconds waiting for him to answer. And he never did. And then I'd sit back and I'd go, okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how anybody else's interviews went. I didn't ask, but all I know is that I was 100% defeated after that. And that will live in, that was like, that was my claim to unfame right there. Maybe you should have done the breathing exercises with him first before you started. You guys could have like, like zend it together a little bit. I was hoping that with the joke you broke it, like he was like, okay, he's fun. He's cool. Like, no, I did too. I, hmm. cause you know, everybody, there was a bunch of activity going on as they were doing the last minute tweaks for the lights and things. And so I thought, yeah. uh, you know, here's me witty banter because that, that conversation. Awkward silence. Got to fill it with an inappropriate joke. <laughs> and my dad had just mentioned that. And I, mm -hmm. you know, I thought that's a good story. And it was, I really felt like Tommy Lee was like, okay, that was a good story. And then he was like, but I have this, I have to put up this front. Like I hate doing these interviews or maybe he hated the movie. I don't even know. It's not important. Do you remember what movie it was? Cause now I'm wondering if he hated the movie. Now we got to go back and look at the movie. Uh, 2000. It was something with, maybe it was called Friendly Fire or Collateral Damage or something. It was some war film. And if I remember correctly, Samuel L. Jackson was in it as well. I don't know. I'll have to I'm look. sure Tommy Lee Jones played some guy who was angry and had to solve a major problem. And so, if it was that. a problem, no, he'll solve it. Check out my. Yeah. Hook. That's the thing. He kind of plays the same guy every movie. So. Do you get starstruck? Because I don't get starstruck anymore. I really don't. Oh, God, yes. Yes. I fangirl okay. like a fucking moron. You fangirl? Okay, who who was yes. the last person you lost your ever-loving mind with? Mine was, we just talked about it, Lindsay Wagner. Lindsay Wagner. Well, that's the thing. I don't have an opportunity to meet anybody famous. So when I do meet them, and mine are kind of like, it's like writers a lot of times too, like authors that I have admired from afar. And like I just recently, do you know who uh, Jen Lancaster is? She's no. a writer who wrote Bitter is the New Black. And so and in my genre, in nonfiction humor, which is not a huge genre, she is like, she's the queen. You know, she's she started a lot of this for a lot of us. And and so when I first met her, I was so stupid. I went to a book signing and my Twitter handle is throat punch and which is really helpful. Like if I have a flight delayed or something like that and I'm mad about it because then they answer me. But if I'm trying to like be friendly and meet someone, it's scary. And so for her that whole day I knew she was coming. I was like, I'm coming to see you, you know, throat punch is coming for you. And, and so I went to the book signing and it was here in town and like rainy day did the book signing. And I don't know if you've ever been to a book signing at rainy day, but you know, so Vivian really likes to keep that line moving yeah, and she, she really likes to keep you moving. And so there's, you know, she'll take your photo, but then you've got to, it's like a step and repeat. Like you just keep moving. And I'd brought Jen a gift and, you know, and I'd brought her my book cause I wanted her to blurb my book, which is highly inappropriate at a book signing. Don't do that. But I did it, but also break the rules. So do it. And so I got up to the table and, and I was like, I'm throw punch. I'm, I'm from Twitter and I love you and I follow you and I think you're amazing. And you know, thank you. And she was just like, Oh yeah. She's like, you sent me an email. And I'm like, I did. I did send you an email. I was like, did you, I was like, you read my email. <laughs> so, and then I had like a gift and then she was like, and, and uh, she was like, I'm going to open this gift right now. And I was like, okay. And so she opened up the gift and Vivian is just like, you know, giving me the death stare. And I was just like, Hey girl, give me one second. Can you just take a picture from this side? It's my better side. Thank you. You know, but yeah, no, I'm a complete idiot. Or when I met Cindy Williams for the first time, first dozens of times, right? She right. actually, she made the mistake of showing interest in the book I was there to promote. And so I gave her a signed copy 
And at the last minute, I could not think what her name was as I'm like personalizing it. And I thought, I can't just be like, what's your name? And so I signed it to Shirley. That's probably why she doesn't like me anymore. So it's like, it's just stuff like that. Like I just do really, I'm a complete moron. We met a few years ago, we met that Diary of a Wimpy Kid author. I can't think now all of a sudden his name is escaping me. But my kids were big fans and my kids are the same way. We we got to go on his bus and meet him and and he's like looking around and he's just like, how's it going? And everyone's just staring at him. And so, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm really bad. And I think if I really met an actual celebrity, forget it. Like there, I just pass out. You know what we could do? No. What's Cindy that? Williams, Cindy Williams called me from her personal cell phone. Oh, girl. We, no. We could call Cindy Williams. Oh, it's early out there. She's probably not up yet. <laughs> She'll be like, who the fuck is this? What the, what the? Cindy, you're on live with Jim <laughs> Michael. Hey, girl. Well, you know, okay, so here's the thing. And I think that will give her a bad rep because I remember a few years ago, I was in somebody's green room and I, I met, oh, God. See, I can't think of anybody's names. Melissa Gilbert from- From Little House on the Prairie. Little House on the Prairie. Okay. Angels. Yeah. Laura Ingalls. So she was here. She and we'd kind. Everybody had kind of been warned, like, don't talk to her. Like she's in a terrible uh-huh. mood. Like don't talk to her. And so, but I was like, oh, but it's, it's half pint. I mean, I might. I gotta hey, say what? something, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, where's Bandit? You know. So, so where's I was like, <laughs> so like I gotta, I gotta talk to her. And so I went in, and I was just sort of like, hi, and. And she, you know, she's like, hi. And then that was like it. And then she just kind of like peaced out. And and so I don't remember who it was who told me later, but somebody later told me that they were her driver. I think I met them at some event or something. And they were like, oh, yeah, they were. I, I was her driver while she was here because she was here doing a show. I think she was at Starlight maybe or she was, she was doing some she was doing some live performance where she had to act like every night. Right. And and he was like, yeah, I drove her. He's like, God, she was awful. She was so mean and she was so rude. And, da, da, da. and I was like, oh, no, you're ruining it for me. I can't believe it. And so then I kind of had like this bad idea about her. I was like, oh half pint Ugh. you know you're more nelly you're more nelly than laura but then like two three months later like on the cover of people magazine it comes out that like she's been acting with a broken back like do you remember that like she mm-hmm. had a broken back that she didn't know she had <laughs> so i was like no wonder she was a complete bitch to you people like i would not have even you know come to kansas city let alone get on stage every right. night so I think that's the other thing. Like I, you know, I think celebrities, I can't imagine being, you know, it's one thing to sit down with an interviewer and know that you're going to be interviewed and you've got to promote this book or your, excuse me, this movie or this album or whatever. But it's like, I can't imagine just sort of trying to fucking grocery shop, you know, and, on and just be, you know, yeah. sometimes you just want to be left alone. I a hundred percent. I know. Yeah. Agreed. And that's so where I think it's kind of nice to be an author because I think a lot of times people don't recognize authors. Like, you know, I wouldn't know. I, I love Stephen King's books. I don't know that I would know him unless, you know, if I saw him at Walmart, I don't know. I don't know that I would know him unless he's carrying around The Shining under his arm. I'm not sure. You know? <laughs> Have you been, where's the weirdest place you've been recognized just randomly? Have you, or do people, because a lot of people oddly recognize me from my voice. I don't yes. why, but they're like, are you Michael Maggie? And I'm like, I don't know. And then my voice. So, but have you been recognized any place weird? No, I think it kind of surprises me. I mean, a very, I don't get recognized a whole lot, especially at the beginning I was anonymous. So nobody even knew what I looked like or what I sounded like. But like early on, I remember my family and I, we went out to dinner one night and my kids were younger. My kids still, they have no, they have no chill for what I do. Like they just think I'm super uncool. They're just like, nobody likes you. I mean, my son went to a book signing a few years ago for one of the authors that he likes. And we were in this space and he's like, I bet you wish you could get a book signing here. And I'm like, I've already had one. Already and had so one. Yeah, Shut your did yapper. it. <laughs> you know? And, but we'd gone out to dinner. We were walking out to dinner and um, we were walking to a restaurant and this woman was walking out. And she did kind of like a double take and she came back and she was like, are you Jen Mann? And I was like, uh, and I didn't even know what to say because I'd never been recognized before. So I was sort of like, uh, maybe. And I was like, who wants to know? <laughs> you know? And, and so and she um, handed I, you a piece of paper and said, you've been served. Well, that's, that's it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm like, are you going to shoot me? Like, what do you want? And so and so my my husband took our kids and went and sat down because I'm really private about my kids. And so he took my kids and went and sat down. And and so she continued to talk to me. So then when I came back to the table, again, my son, he's keeping me humble. He was like, he's like, 
that was a plant, right? Like you did that on purpose. Like you know her. Like she's from PTA or something. And I was like, sure, she's from PTA. Thank you for watching. The weird part is I'm getting recognized more now in a mask than I've ever been recognized before. Which I, my own mother walked past me in Sam's Club a few days ago when I had a mask on, and I let her walk past me. I was like, yeah, I don't have the energy to talk to you today, mom. And <laughs> but like people, I think Does the other she thing know she. That? She does know that. Oh, good. I was like, well, that's she's going to hear it on this podcast. And there we go. Um, no, my mom doesn't know how to get to podcasts. But no, she does know that because she said something about it. And I was like, mom, I saw you the other day at Sam's. And I just walked past you. I'm sorry. I just couldn't. I, I, I just couldn't. And she was like, oh, my God. I was like, yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> so, but yeah, no. But I think the other thing with when, when you are called people, I want to punch in the throat. I think people are a little afraid of you. So I'll get messages later on where people will be like, Hey, I, I saw you at target, but you looked really busy. So I just let you go. <laughs> I'm like, cool. Thank you. I saw you at target, but you looked like you were going to punch someone in the throat. So I just yeah. opted to not say hi. Right. I am the exact opposite in that. Like I'm so like, jazz hands, spirit fingers all the time that, you know, people think they can just walk up to me. And let me tell you, it takes a lot of effort to be jazz hands, spirit fingers all the time. So I'm not always on, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not always, you know, at a 12. And that's inevitably when someone comes up and they want to chat and be chatty. And so I have to like, okay, let's go and get fired up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a nice thing is that because I'm the Tommy Lee Jones of the blogosphere. So like everyone just knows that like I am not a chatty person. Like I'll chat you up if I'm in the mood to chat, but otherwise I'm not going to chat. Well, and I think people are pretty good to respect today, that. Sister. You're doing a pretty Say good again? job. I said you're doing a pretty good job today of being a chatty Kathy sister. Well, I think that's the thing. I can do it when I want to do it. And when I'm on, I can be on. But when I'm off, I am off. And so, you know, it's like, it's kind of funny because I go to a lot of conferences. Pre-COVID, I was going to a lot of conferences and I teach a lot of classes and I can get up there in front of, you know, hundreds of people and teach you and entertain you. But when I'm, and, and I'll stay after and I'll answer all your questions and stuff. But when you see me later, you know, at the happy hour or something, like I am holding up a wall and drinking, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, unless you want to talk, you know, I said something the other day to a friend that I said, I hate small talk. I hate making small talk with people. And he was like, so like, you just want people to walk up to you and be like, so abortion, huh? <laughs> I was like, I would actually prefer that. So You know, I just, I don't like, I will have like a meaningful conversation or an entertaining conversation with people, but no, I don't want to talk about the weather. Although the weather is supposed to be very nice today here in Kansas City. (laughs) I know. I'm looking out. I'm, I'm headed, I'm headed out and about today. Why? Because I have a lot of free time. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. What are you doing on this hiatus? What are you doing besides like dermaplaming? I know. I'm calling it. Are you ready? Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Calling it hashtag fun employment. Yeah, I am. Isn't that good? Staycation. Staycation. I'm calling it fun employment. And I'm just, I don't know what I'm doing. I just, I, the freelance offers have just been raining down from the sky. So I'm going to start taking advantage of those and see what else is out there. But uh, you know what? I'm at the whim of the universe right now. And I am literally saying no to nothing because no Never got anybody anywhere. So do you want to come out and drink with me today? Well, uh, yes, I will never say no to that. But I've been sober for seven years. So I will have a Shasta. While so, you okay, ha- let's, so let's talk about that one. Like, yeah, you have been sober. You're off alcohol yes. for seven years. Yes. And you were pretty honest about it this year during lockdown that it was a hard struggle because I think that is, has been everybody's kind of coping mechanism. It was very, very, very touch and go for a while because hand to God, I have a problem with wine. So that's just, that's, that's just what it is. And it is what it is. And seven years ago, I was truly circling the drain and my doctor had it out with me. He was like, he was like, I, I honest to God do not know how a person can gain 60 pounds in a year. Like that's five pounds a month. Like that takes effort, Michael. What is going on? And I was like, I don't know, just too many crumpets. I don't, you know, whatever. But it was, it was wine. So you were in denial. I was. And January 2nd, back in the day, I just, that was the last drop of alcohol I ever had. And I have been, I've been doing my AA and I've been doing my things and, 
even though the pandemic was a little dicey, yeah. I overcompensated with food, which everyone has done. So now it's, you know, let's try and figure out, let's try and rein in the food, but the at least mm-hmm. the, the sobriety is still in check. So Right. I think if you have to pick one or the other, you pick the right one, right? I, I absolutely did. Did you yeah. know that I had a stroke? I missed that memo. No. When was that? So like, yeah. So like, and this is getting back to the whole, just say yes, about it was, I had just turned 40 and I had what was called a right cerebral infarction, which is like a decent medium sized stroke. And the only reason I'm here and talking about it is because I got a clot. I had the wherewithal. I knew it was happening. I had the wherewithal to call 911. And I got a clot busting drug within like 45 minutes, which is the window to sort of turn back the symptoms of the stroke. And because I, Mm. you know, I was, I had lost, you know, I was slumping. I had, I couldn't, I was not lucid. It was a whole thing. And when I got out of the hospital, I, people were like, what are you going to do now? And I was like, "Uh, for an entire year, to 2010, I said no to not one thing. I mean, I don't care what anyone asked of me. It was an instantaneous yes. I mean, other than like illegal activities, but people would be like, do you want to go whitewater rafting? And I'd be like, no. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Do you want to, you want to go skydiving? No. Yes. And hand to God woman, it was the single best year of my entire life. Because no, I found out quickly that no doesn't get you anywhere. No shuts down the conversation. It's like an improv. So my motto for the last decade or more is just say yes. And it was really like, awesome. I know I just, but it took this life altering, you know, brain explosion for me to start living my best life. Because when you, you know, I could have, I could have easily been debilitated or I could have easily died if I had just gone back to bed because I had woken up and the stroke started to hit and I realized that that was happening. And don't ask me why I did this. This is so odd still to this day. I went up to the mirror and I looked in the mirror and I started to say my ABCs. And in my head, in my head, I was saying ABCDEFG like as fast as I possibly could. And all I heard out of my mouth was, uh, the, 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 and I was like, so I I was actually at a hotel in St. Louis and I called 911 and the, the dispatch said, okay, listen, here's the deal. We know you're in distress. We know what hotel you're in, but we don't know what room you're in. So you have to get to the lobby. So then by that point, I was starting to sort of fade in and out of, you know, lucidity a little bit. And I was like, okay, get to the lobby. That's it. Just get to the lobby. And all I remember is getting to the lobby and I don't remember anything else after that. Holy so, shit. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. So talk about divine intervention. I'm not even kidding. It was, they, they took me and the closest hospital of all things was an old folks hospital right around the corner. So what do they deal with? Strokes and heart strokes. attacks, strokes and heart attacks, heart attacks and strokes. So they, that the, is crazy. the nurse practitioner knew, knew right away what was going on. And I got that clot busting. I think it's called a TP. I can't remember. It's been so long. At the time, like 10 years ago, this particular drug was relatively new on the market. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, if you're listening, pharmaceutical firm that saved my life, yeah, I'm your spokesperson. So because your drug saved my life. Thank you. Full stop. Wow. That is – no, I I don't remember ever hearing anything about that. That's – that is a lot. I knew about your sobriety, but I did not know about that. That's great. And I, I wrote obviously forgotten about your sobriety or else I would not have invited you out. I apologize for that. That was Oh, no up. worries. People ask all the time. I, You know me. I would go to the opening of an envelope. You just need to invite me. So it's, that's it. <laughs> I will have sparkling water for you at the next book signing. I, I love sparkling water. The thing that really put me on the map in terms of writing was my editor had challenged me to write something more long form. And so mm-hmm. I sort of started noodling in my head what that was going to look like. And I decided to go on a year-long journey. And I didn't quite know what that year-long journey was going to look like. But eventually, I just decided to give up sugar, which is physically impossible because sugar is in everything. But you know what? 
I said to myself, I got myself a life coach and a nutritionist. And I said, here's the deal. No sugar, no sweeteners, no gluten, no starches, no kidding for an entire year. And I wrote every warts and all, I wrote about it for an entire year. And that sucker put me on the map. That I got, I got national, I was written up in a national magazine. It was, it was really a, that was a good year long te- testament to my writing ability. And your willpower. Like, do you think if you were not writing about it, it's one, see, that's my wonder. Like, if you weren't writing about it and it wasn't an assignment, could you have stayed with it? Probably. Like, or was but, it the fear of failure? <laughs> to me, it's like, oh, I can't miss this deadline. I better stop eating sugar. Otherwise, I'd be like, fuck it. I'm having sugar. Mm, well, I made sure I went out with a bang. Like I, So I started on January 1st of 2019. And like December 31st at like 12.58, I was still like literally eating frosted yeah. cookies like a crazy person. Like I remember that. Yes. And I was like- that, I, Okay. So you went through the pandemic- you went through lockdown with no sugar. Were you still doing no sugar by 2020 no, no, no. or were you done? You just come no, back from it. I The no sugar thing lasted until the pandemic. So I was sugar-free for oh, 15 months. Once the pandemic hit, I was so stressed out that it was like it went – the pendulum swung to the other spectrum and I was eating like entire bags of like Flaming Hot Cheetos. It was was definitely a very stressful period. Because when you did the no sugar, you lost a lot of weight. Uh, And it fell off with zero effort. I mean, we're talking like... Like Everyone's looking for the secret. That's the secret. The secret is cutting out sugar and and minimizing carbs and starches, but really sugar. Do you work out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you were still doing your workouts. But sugar is in every last damn thing. And it's always hidden as something else like fructose or sucralose or something ending in os. And Mm -hmm. I would painstakingly like a can of like my favorite wasabi almonds you would think would be harmless. Nope. Six grams of sugar. And there were like four servings in there. So that's like 24 grams. Right. I had to cut out everything. And my dietician was like, super like eat this, not that. Like she was super specific. Like I could eat blueberries, but I couldn't eat blackberries because they had too much sugar. Like the the yeah, that was gonna be my next question. So you could eat fruit because I know some people when they do it, they don't even eat fruit. So you ate fruit. I ate nominal, just very very nominal things, and And just water. Yeah, just air and water. (laughs) No, but like because I feel like every drink would have like every you know you can't have juice you can't even like sparkling water probably has sugar in it flavor sparkling water did not and let me tell you I should have bought stock in LaCroix because I drank like 800,000 limoncello look oh limoncello LaCroix are you listening LaCroix I'm your number one fan number one <laughs> you, should, you, should, you should have Michael be your spokesman <laughs> okay so oh wow that's a lot so my other question then about this is that like did you feel sick when you had sugar the first time? Did you just go crazy? Like, what did you do the first? What was the first sugar? And was it just so? Because a few years ago, I did some crazy, fucking crazy diet I saw on TV that where I could eat 500 calories a day and it had to be all natural. And what cracked me up though is when I went in to meet with them, they were telling me like, you know, I could only eat greens, and there were certain. It was sort of like that, like don't eat, don't eat raspberries, just eat blueberries or whatever. I could eat strawberries. I remember. And, but then the guy was like, but don't worry, you can still have two glasses of wine a day. Well, I don't drink wine. I'm not a wine drinker. That's not what I drink. And so I was like, and so I was just like, wait, I'm on this like super restricted diet, but I can still have wine. And he was like, well, it's Johnson County. So yeah, no woman would sign up for this. And so, but I got so angry because like I couldn't eat out. I couldn't like, I felt like I couldn't socialize with people. But then I do remember... When I did, I failed miserably at it and I gave it up. But I do remember like the first thing I ate that was like a forbidden thing I was supposed I couldn't have. It was like my brain practically exploded. Like, like the like you just don't realize how much your palate changes when you cut all that stuff out. Did you have kind of that moment when you I knew came exactly back? what I was gonna eat because I treated myself on January 2nd. There's a restaurant in town called Jasper's, and I had fantasized about Chef Jasper's coconut cake 
for a solid year. Like I didn't need cookies. I didn't need candy bars, but that cake, it was, it was all about the cake, all about that cake, about that cake. (laughs) So I went there and Jasper brought out, before I even ordered my meal, Jasper brought out a slab of coconut cake and I ate it painstakingly slow and appreciated every bite. And you're so right. I got so sick. Uh, yeah, it was. My body was like, "No, what no. is happening?" This Sugar, is not carbs, okay. Yeah, it was like, yeah. <laughs> no. So, are you? You're not doing any sort of crazy diet now, though. You're just eating normally, like the rest yeah, of us. Just eating pretty much what I want. But you know, now that I'm in the middle of fun employment, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and I have plenty of free time. I think trademark coming. <laughs> I think it's time to get back into the gymnasium a little bit more than I have been. So that's probably a good idea. Now that you have free time to do that. I've been, did you know that I, I, here's another novel fun fact. I have been teaching the exact same fitness class every Sunday morning for the last 15 years, just up the street at lifetime fitness. Uh, no, what, what fitness, what are you, are you teaching jazzercise? What are you teaching? I'm teaching jazzercise. No, I'm not teaching. It's (laughs) called barbell. It's kind of like circuit with weights and I've been teaching it Every Sunday morning at 8.30 for the past 15 years. My right, class comes calls it, to- you're welcome to come to it anytime. My church, my my class calls it the Church of Michael Mackey. Oh, yeah. I want to come. It's at 8.30. Do you have a noon one at all or That's just 8.30? That's the only one? 8.30 is the only one. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> for you, I'll play nothing but 80s dance tunes. Fair? Fair. Okay. If we can have like physical. <laughs> physical. <laughs> I, I, okay, I'll let you curate the list. That that okay. should be the motivation. Ooh, and I'll sweeten the deal. I'll throw mm-hmm. in a smoothie after class. What? Yes. Girl. Okay. All right. I'm gonna come to your your workout class. It'll be. Oh God, I gotta buy a sports bra. All right. Well. Well, listen. The weights go from like three pounds to ninety nine pounds. So it's literally you could work at your own pace. 99 pounds? You What? You have to lift 99 pounds? No, you don't. You could literally okay. just lift the bar. You could lift air. Just wrists, you know, like. And- no, I was going to say, I'm I'm ready for those workouts where they just had you like do soup cans. Remember like your mom's oh. magazines that used to just be like, just lift jugs of milk. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> that's that's sort of the level I'm at. I'm, I'm at soup can level. Just lift milk cartons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Oh, Red Book, whatever oh, it was. Oh, 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 Family Circle. You guys had the best workouts. <laughs> we miss you. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, we have taken up all of my time, but I had so much fun today, and I can't wait to come work out with you. <laughs> you say that with a little bit more. Th- I can't wait to come work out. Work out. Oh, I feel like. And also, I want to talk to you, and we will talk. I don't need to do this here, but. There were so many things you said today that you have about four books that I think we could write for, that you can write and that we can get you published during your fun fun employment. Fun employment. Jen. In fact, I think that's the title of your book. You know that, right? Fun employment. Fun I know. employment. I, so, I have thought about that. So I mean, you just you have it all in there. It's there. We just got to get it organized and get it written up. And now that you have all this time. Psh, I got nothing but time, girl. That's what's up. I, okay. And we have to talk about how I'm a giant stan of yours. Like I, when you reached out and wanted to do this podcast, I did the silent squeal. I literally went, <laughs> like I sucked in all of my air and people were like, what? I was like, I'm going to email and then man, it was happening. So you know what? I have to give you props for reaching out because I needed this more than you know today, right now in this moment, sister friend. Well, I'm so glad you came on and that you were my first guy. I don't know that we'll ever do another one. I don't know that they could live up. So I just, I love you. And I hope that if someone, I kind of don't want, I I was going to say, I hope someone hires you really soon, but I kind of don't want them to, because I really think it's time for you to do your own thing. Same. same It is time. I'm going to glom onto you. I'm going to ride your... 18th century Victorian coattails to success. That's, Let's I'm gonna do that. My wagon to your your giddy up to the whatever that phrase is. To my whatever pantaloons. Is, Let's go. You know, whatever, you know? whatever Laura Ingalls Wilder phrase fits in best here. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, no, I do though. I think there's a lot there and I think that you should take this time to sort of unpack it all and organize it and query a little bit cuz I And by me, you mean we because I'm a, I'm going to need a little I'm going to need a little assistance oh, here. And I'll help you. You know me, I'll help you whatever you want because you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I mean, a few years ago, I met this. Maybe the second dude I might have on this podcast. Uh, I met a dude at a at a writing conference here in Overland Park, and um, we got to talking. And I was supposed to cr- critique people's comedy writing, their humor writing, and I'm really bad at critiques because I hate to tell people bad news, but I'm also like really picky about what's funny, and. He was the first thing I read, and it was so funny that I was like, you should turn this into a book, and I will blurb the book. And he took that and went to an agent and was like, if I get a book, Jen Man will blurb the book. <laughs> and then the agent like signed him. And in, the, in those days, I had left my agent. I didn't have an agent anymore. And he was like, oh, I could introduce you to my agent. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Full circle. I was like, ouch, okay, let's do that. But yeah, his book is coming out here uh, like next month. I just got invited to his launch party and I'm very excited. So I should have him on so we can talk about his new book. But And you are in that same category. That's what I'm trying to bring it back to is that I feel like when I read your stuff, you are hilarious. You are so funny. And we can totally, yes, it will totally help you turn all this into a book because the, the world needs more MM. M squared. What do we call you now? Michael Mackey. Michael Mackey from MichaelMackey.com. Okay. I was going to say, where does everyone find you? MichaelMackey.com. MichaelMackey.com. I, everything that I, if you want to read about my stroke journey, my sugar, my no sugar journey, my celeb journey, any, pick a journey, any journey, you'll find it on my blog. So. See, that's why I think we have four books there. See, you've got so many journeys and then now it'll be the new one, the fun employment journey. And so you will get that together too. All right, dear. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate this. And I will be in touch and we will get those books done. I'll talk to you soon. I love you. And I genuinely mean that. I, Like I said, I really needed this and you're so sweet. And timing is everything. Thank you, universe. And thank you, Jen Mann. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for listening and subscribing to No Pants Required with Jen Mann. Don't forget to follow me on social media and subscribe to my newsletter at jenmanwrites.com. My newest book, Midlife Bites, Anyone Else Falling Apart, or Is It Just Me? will be out in January, but it's available for pre-order everywhere books are sold.